Dear listeners, are you tired of the endless cycle of fad diets and extreme measures? It's time to wake up to a better weight loss solution with Robody. As someone who's been through the ups and downs of weight loss, I know firsthand the challenge of trying to find what will stick. That's why if I qualified for Robody today, I'd jump at the chance for a scientifically backed program that supports long-term success. With Robody, you'll gain access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market, paired with personalized lifestyle changes. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. Say goodbye to the roller coaster of weight loss dreams and hello to sustainable, real results with Robody. Go to row.co slash snoozecast. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash snoozecast. a review on the podcast app. Also, share us with a friend. Find us on snoozecast.com and follow us on social media and wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters and by Summer Cottages. Tonight, we'll read part four to The Princess and the Goblin, a children's fantasy novel published in 1872. If you'd like to start from the beginning, the first episode aired on April 15th, 2019. If you'd like to listen to the last episode, part three aired March 23rd, 2020. One of the most successful and beloved of Victorian fairy tales, George MacDonald's The Princess and the Goblin tells the story of young Princess Irene and her friend, Curdie who must outwit the threatening goblins who live in caves beneath her mountain home. When we left off, the princess and her nurse, Ludi, go for a walk and get lost. As they try to make their way back, the day gets later and the shadows longer. Ludi is afraid of breaking the most important rule to never let the princess be out in the dark due to goblin issues. Luckily, they meet a mining boy named Curdy who helps them back to safety. Let's get cozy. Close your eyes. Relax your body into the softness of your bed. Now, take a few deep breaths. Nothing more happened. 
Ludi and the Princess Irene reached home in safety. Nobody had missed them or even known they had gone out, and they arrived at the door belonging to their part of the house without anyone seeing them. The nurse was rushing in with a hurried and not over-gracious goodnight to Curdie, but the princess pulled her hand from hers and was just throwing her arms round Curdie's neck when she caught her again and dragged her away. Ludi, Ludi, I promised a kiss, cried Irene. A princess mustn't give kisses. It's not at all proper, said Ludi. But I promised, said the princess. There's no occasion. He's only a minor boy. He's a good boy and a brave boy, and he has been very kind to us. Ludi, Ludi, I promised. Then you shouldn't have promised. Ludi, I promised him a kiss. Your Royal Highness, said Ludi, suddenly grown very respectful, must come in directly. Nurse, a princess must not break her word, said Irene, drawing herself up and standing stock still. Ludi did not know which the king might count the worst to let the princess be out after sunset, or to let her kiss a minor boy. She did not know that, being a gentleman, as many kings have been, he would have counted neither of them the worse. However much he might have disliked his daughter to kiss the minor boy, he would not have had her break her word for all the goblins in creation. But, as I say, The nurse was not lady enough to understand this, and so she was in great difficulty, for, if she insisted, someone might hear the princess cry and run to see, and then all would come out. But here Curdie came again to the rescue. Never mind, Princess Irene, he said. You mustn't kiss me tonight, but you shan't break your word. I will come another time. You may be sure I will. Oh, thank you, Curdie, said the princess and stopped crying. Good night, Irene. Good night, Ludie, said Curdie. And turning, he was out of sight in a moment. I should like to see him, muttered the nurse as she carried the princess to the nursery. You will see him, said Irene. You may be sure Curdie will keep his word. He's sure to come again. I should like to see him, repeated the nurse and said no more. She did not want to open a new cause of strife with the princess by saying more plainly what she meant. Glad enough that she had succeeded both in getting home unseen and in keeping the princess from kissing the miner's boy, she resolved to watch her far better in the future. Her carelessness had already doubled the danger.